When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But going back to what we said, what is clearly uh, the biggest news of the weekend, John Morant, uh, Demetrius Jamel Morant, we'll call him by his legal name. Somebody called him Ja Warrant, as in warrant for arrest, which mm. was, I ain't gonna lie, that shit was funny. I ain't gonna lie, it was funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna call him that today, even though I already did. But we will talk, we'll open the show talking about the John Morant situation. Um, Woke up Saturday morning um, after the Denver Nuggets lost. Got a tweet from you, Jason Smith. Showing me information. Yeah, you got a text from you, I'm sorry. That uh, was a tweet from one of the the uh, the news conglomerates, one of the 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 you know the, the guys who kind of what's it called when you com, com, compile you resend out information that's are you're not putting out your own original information, but you just ag- ag- aggregator. Aggregators, yeah. One of the one of the NBA aggregators, you sent me one of those tweets uh about John Morant. Uh looked at it very early in the morning, started checking other sources that confirmed it was true, looked up some video to see if it was real, one Photoshop. Um what were your immediate reactions when you saw the clips of John Morant uh with the with the with the glizzy in his hand? Out um in a what was it a strip club a, a club where were they what, was it, it was look, looked like a, a strip club uh, outside of outside of Denver, um and I, uh, the immediate reaction was huh can't believe this immediate reaction was is this kid this must be fake right because there's no way he's this stupid you would make this dumb a decision mm-hmm. with everything he already had swirling around him the Washington Post story just came out last week which detailed the two summer incidents. You just had the NBA investigate you for an alleged gun incident with Mm -hmm. the Pacers. So the last thing you need to be doing, you know, when the block is hot, you know, the block was hot for John Morant. And here he is with the block hot flashing a gun in this instance. It's like, it's, it's the most, it's, it's the most, uh, uh, you know, insane decision you could make considering again, the circumstances. And so then you get to, okay, was he in his right mind? You clearly see folks drinking in the background of this club, mm-hmm. uh, everything else. And you have to ask yourself that we've seen Jai in situations where he's drinking, you know, tequila, whether it's on the way to the all-star or whatever game. And and you and, and saying I'm factoring that in not to accuse him of anything or to say, well, the guy must have been. But but you don't make decisions like that with circumstances surrounding you like that unless, you know, there's some substance you would think involved. I know that's when I've made you know, some of my worst decisions in life, even when right. I was supposed to more important, when I was supposed to know better, would mm-hmm. still make those types of, of dumb decisions, right. stupid decisions. We've all made those kinds of mis- decisions. The thing for John Moran is it feels like saying uh, to sort of bottom line, the instant reaction is, you know, it does feel like it's still you can overcome these mistakes. But the, the real concern is now we're seeing a pattern of whether it's, you know, Ja trying to put a certain image of, of hardness out there, whatever else, where there appear to be continued mistakes and you wonder at, at what point, right, uh, does he learn? 
Does, does it take one where, to your point, somebody's getting arrested? You know, is he going to get to that point? I know Colorado police are investigating him, but uh, I don't know that anything, at least illegal, is going to come of that. Right. All that said, we know the NBA is investigating. So if that leads to bigger questions in terms of what could come down. They've already investigated him once, like we said, for a gun incident. So uh, really, it's what were you thinking is your initial reaction saying now we're left with, you know, whether this thing, you know, We've talked a lot about what what Ja could lose individually with some of the sponsorship right. and everything. No Nike came, but if you're talking about a situation where the NBA decides to come in and suspend him, you could talk about how it could affect the Grizzlies this yeah. season. In terms of right. So there, there are so many layers to this story, but it all goes back to again what was going through Ja Morant's mind when he decides to to do that on on uh, on early Saturday morning, whenever it was. Yeah, when I when I saw it and I saw people reacting to it, fans, um, shout out to the people in, in the Twitter spaces. Uh, my boy Mivis Wilcox, he, he popped one open pretty early, and just I got a chance to actually hear fans, you know, kind of talking about it, you know, in real time. And um, shout out to everybody that participated in that. Um, my initial thought was he doesn't get it. And that's just it's just all that just kept running through my mind. Like he clearly just doesn't understand the ramifications of what he's doing um things that didn't cross my mind were this young man needs help um things that didn't cross my mind were um you know it, it wasn't a it wasn't a real blowing the bag type thing you're hearing that a lot from people like endorsements and and you know uh nike deals and you know nba uh putting the, the harness of the league on him and letting him go forward, a lot of those type of things. I started thinking about real world stuff, like his life, man. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, dude. I started thinking about. Um, there's a rapper that I don't know anything about, but I heard an interesting story about him a few months ago. A guy by the name, I think his name is PNB Rock. You heard the story about him? Mm -hmm. He was in LA, and some dude came on Instagram, you know, talking shit to him. Um, his girlfriend posted on Instagram that, that, that the two of them were out. They went out to get chicken and waffles at Roscoe's. And the guy was killed in broad daylight in L.A., you know what I mean? Pretty certain that was a father-son tandem that did that, too. Yeah, it was something like that. And my the thing is, like, Ja, like, ja you are an extremely famous dude, bro. Anywhere you go in the world, people are going to know who you are. If you're out in a club, you're going live on Instagram, and if you you're signaling people to okay, this is where I am. You know what I mean? Like if anybody in that town recognizes that spot, there are gonna be people waiting on you outside that door. You know what I mean? And those type of thoughts start crossing my mind, bro. Because it's like life is so sensitive, man, and like anything can happen. And it's like you're flashing the gun, you're doing this, you're doing that, you out, you drinking, you with you with your boys, and it's like. I'm not going to tell you don't enjoy that life, but you have to be responsible with everything, man. You have a beautiful toddler, young, you know, soon to be. She's a walking and talking little girl. Now, I remember seeing Ja, his rookie season, um, on, a, on an Atlanta game I went to. Went on a road trip to Atlanta, and Ja was in the tunnel with his uh, baby mama and, and Kari, who is still a um, – a very small baby like you that you carry in the you know the little thing the little you know you know with the handle on it an infant yeah, yeah she was an infant and i remember seeing a very young john morant being a young dad with their child 
And I was like, bro, like this is the internet. These are things that you're, that girl's gonna grow up to see one day. You know what I mean? And those type of thoughts were crossing my mind. More real world stuff than just losing endorsements, blowing the bag. And I just wonder, does he get it, man? And and um, I think he clearly doesn't. And I think that with the statement that he made, uh, the way this is being handled by the team, the sense of urgency it seems like around it, how uh, other NBA players within the uh, the fraternity of the NBA are chiming in uh, positively and negatively. And uh, kind of contrary to what people are thinking, there are more people that are saying things to John in love, even in criticism, than there are people being all out negative about uh, the whole situation. But um, I don't think I don't think this is a wake up call, man. I think this is a call to urgency. You know, what I mean, this is a call to action uh, for John. I think I think the wake up call time is kind of over. Um, and I and I think he's going to come out on top of this. I think that uh, this city is going to continue to put love on him. I think that when he comes back, you'll see a tremendous ovation for him. Um, and I, and I want to talk about today the people who ask because in his statement he, he made he came out he talked about how he's uh needs to do things to deal with stress and deal with you know how he handles certain things and his well-being and all those type of things and a lot of people are kind of mocking that or laughing at it you know um but i think that's something else that i want to talk about today too to, to kind of get your thoughts on that because i think that's a i think that's a real thing man i think we and all the things we've talked about with John. I know I'm being long with in this in his first introductory question, but I know I'm being long with it. But of all the things we talked about, you know, like John just don't, you know, he's not about that life. He's not a thug, and he's hanging with the wrong crowd, and he's making bad decisions. We've never really asked the question, can he help it? You know, what I mean, like, is there something mentally that's kind of binding him to this? You know, what I mean, to this lifestyle, to this way of thinking, to this way of acting. And I think that's something we should have uh, a conversation about today. I mean, uh, hopefully he gets whatever whatever help that he needs. Uh, you, you talked about it when you touch on well-being and dealing with stress. Um, the funny thing is, is, is we have lauded Ja for being so mature beyond his years when it comes to the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Right? We've been saying that for years. And we had sort of crowned him as this, again, mature beyond his years, Mm-hmm. A player that's got this team on fast forward and ahead of schedule, but but and, and maybe in doing so, uh, had assumed that he's got it all figured out too. That when you right. hand him this max contract extension, when all of these uh, you know, powerhouse brands come and say, We want you, we assume that he's going to handle it as well as he's handled everything else in his life, as well as he handled being overlooked. Right. As a prospect and the way that drove him to everything else to to his first what four years as a as a basketball player on the court. And and you almost assume it's going to be easy for him. A guy like that's going to make the right decisions like he typically does on a basketball court. And and to your point that you just made, man, we don't we you know, I know we we think we know how Ja came up in terms right. of parenting, in terms of uh, uh, the schools he came up in and all that. But you have no idea in terms of what's going on on upstairs, what he's dealing with. Now, I say that saying to say, um, okay, but go seek the help. Right. And I think Jaws finally, and this admission of I've got to I gotta do something, i got to mm-hmm. change something, finally you needed that because I'm going I'm to be real honest with you saying, previously, 
even all the way up till last week with the Washington Post story and really focusing their ire on Candace Buckner's error and saying the job pointed the gun, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, even in doing it, they've been defiant. He's been defiant right. sort of as the world is after me. For me, that's yeah. The, that's the wrong attitude if it's truly you that has an issue and needs to address it. And so I say all that to say, hopefully now in this admission of I've got to get some help, that that defiance that uh, the world is out to get me attitude goes away. That needs to die. Because you can't change, Saint, right. if you think that, it, you know, if you're in defense mode all the time, thinking mm -hmm. it's everybody else and not yourself. So hopefully that reflect that introspection, uh, whatever the self-reflection, all of that, in uh, seeking that help really helps him to say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't so much, at least right now. You know, because I'll be honest with you, say everything that the that's come back at him of late, he's done it to himself. Mm -hmm. no, no one caught him in the strip club with a camera yesterday or Saturday or Saturday morning. Yeah, early he Saturday morning. put on his own phone on his own account and went live. And the man did it to himself. Right. And so, again, it's self-inflicted. And hopefully, again, he realizes this ain't folks out to get you. This is you putting everything at risk, including to your point, mm -hmm. you know, your image, not, not so much for the world and for the, for the sponsors, man, for your daughter and for your family. Right. They're, you know, uh, uh, and flashing a 22, man, that, no. that there, there's nothing cool. Yeah, like yeah. a tweet. There's nothing hard about flashing a little 22, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I don't even think he was trying to be hard, man. I just think it was just a silly, but yeah, that, like here's the gun. Yeah, I got gun. You know, the folks yeah. say, I, you know, the guns. Yeah. Even if yeah. it was silly, like yeah, it's just goofy. I mean, well, it's just, you just had a gun incident investigated. Right. You you being accused of having one in your in your right. in your in your waistband dealing with a seventeen year old. Right, and, and it makes you and it makes you. I had this conversation with some of the people in in one of the Twitter spaces. And I was like, we have to stop the whole you know, fake news and they're just coming out the job. No, man, this makes you look at everything like exactly let me go back and look at some of the stuff I've defended John. You know what I mean? I haven't been defending John. I've been saying, bro, you got to get this together. I've been the one we've been the ones on this show every week saying, Hey, John's got to get this together. That's not cool. Like this isn't, this isn't a witch hunt. These where there's smoke, there's fire. There's something real about this. And, and I'm still here today saying that, man, like it, it makes you wonder like the Pacers thing we talked about, something happened, man. If, if nothing happened but John and his crew pulled up on other NBA players or somebody from John's crew pulled up on other NBA players after the games, that was dead ass butt naked wrong, man. You just don't do that. Like you don't you don't take any confrontation and pull up on dudes in any type of threatening manner, man. And and I don't and you know it's just it's just too much, man. And, and as far as the mental part, I know some people are saying, like, okay, like what kind of like what is he saying? Like what, what kind of help are you talking about? If there's something in him. I'm just going to throw out examples. I'm just spitballing examples of stuff where this could be a mental issue. And I'm not trying to say Jai has a problem, but sometimes we all have things that we don't really deal with well. You know what I mean? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the type of person where I, I really was at one time was not able to compartmentalize interactions on Twitter. If anybody says something to me, I could have 100 I could have 99 people saying something positive about me on Twitter. But that one negative person on Twitter would just ruin my day. And I feel like I had to say something to that person. And I've kind of gained that reputation for being it until I had to go inside of me and realize, okay, this isn't worth me being triggered about. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was upset about something somebody said on Twitter. And, and, and they were like, you know, I, he said this and I don't like that. I said, look, why do you give a fuck? <laughs> like, seriously, like, 
Fuck it. Go enjoy your day. Go unplug. Get log off. Go do you. Go have fun. But what I'm but I'm said all that to say this. If there's something in John Morant that makes him feel like I have to be, I have to live up to this reputation. Because as a as a kid, my I lived I lived a life where my dad, you know, created a, a basketball court environment for me where I didn't go play in the park. I didn't have the I didn't have the pickup game create all the games I played were in my backyard with, with kids that were invited over to my house or I, I played for a private school or, or whatever, or whatever he's trying to live up to. If, if that's a, if that's a trigger, if that's a thing, that's something that he needs to sit down and talk to somebody about. If, if when he gets around certain people, he turns into another personality, that might be something that he needs to sit down and talk to people about. If there's alcohol on the table, to drink and he feels like he has to drink it to the point where he's acting a fool. That might be something he needs to sit down and talk to somebody about. If he has issues with his dad where, man, I feel like my dad's my fucking friend or my brother or my uncle instead of my dad, that might be something you need to sit down and talk to somebody about. You know what I mean? If, if you have a, 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 a rejection complex where, man, I was, I knew I was a better, one of the better high school players in the country and I never got the recognition I was supposed to get that might be something you need to sit down and talk to somebody about. And that's cool. You know what I mean? If, you know, if, if I get around certain dudes and they, they turn me into another dude and I don't have the ability to say no, that might be something you need to sit down and get some help about, man. And if any of those things apply to John Morant, I hope he gets the help he needs for sure. And, and, and I'm not mad at him for it. And I don't care how long it takes because bro, like, like we said, there are so many things that he's putting on the table that, that shouldn't be on the table as far as things he can lose. And that's money, endorsements. I was listening to Chris Harrington and Jeff Calkins today. I know I'm long-winded again, y'all, I apologize. But this is something I'm very passionate about because this, this is the mentor in me, man. You know what I mean? Seeing a young man going down the wrong path. But um, Jeff Calkins, Chris Harrington said, he re they reminded us that, hey, Ja is up for the Supermax this summer. If Ja isn't elected to one of the three all NBA teams, he's up to lose an estimated $40 million, bro. That can happen. And right now, today, do you see people voting John Morant as one of the on one of the NBA teams just for the optics of it? Not to mention he may miss several games, you know, going right here. Yeah, it depends on how the rest of this plays out. Yeah, how, you know what I mean? We don't know. Yeah. But there might be people saying, no, man, I'm not voting for John. Like he's got stuff going yeah. on. Yeah, that can happen, bro. He, he could lose $40 million. For for just bad decision making in this calendar year, um, and and I'll throw this out to you, Smith. Is is I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of the the schedule we had a little bit as far as the John Moran section is concerned. We're we're using a lot on this segment. It's good stuff, and it's a good segment. But um, so I'm not gonna apologize for that. But um, T Morant, man, there's been a lot of attention towards T, a lot of attention towards the Memphis Grizzlies. As far as they should have done more, they should have been more proactive about this. Uh, almost like they create a babysitting environment for job where they've kind of let him do whatever. A lot of talks about T and the, the parenting of this whole thing. Any thoughts you have on that as far as uh, uh, job, like, you know, as far as could T, could T have done more? What could T do as well as the Grizzlies? Well, I'm, I, listen, I, I, we had this discussion today, too, and I know a lot of blame T. I saw a lot of, well, if he was my son, I would have whooped his tail, and that would have mm -hmm. straightened him out. And you realize that Ja Moran is not a 
you know, for those for those real, you know, those that are that quick to judge or to weigh in, and it's uh, trying to oversimplify things. Man, Jaws a grown man. We're not talking about a 13, 14 year old that then chaperone in the club. (laughs) As I said, once I was a grown man, felt like I was raised right, had my father. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I still screwed up many, many times, despite the advice that he Mm -hmm. had given me. So I and I know some will say T's boisterous uh, uh, sideline antics or all that or hyping up his son is a is a part of this. I don't believe I don't believe that to be the case at all. You know, Ja is a grown man making uh, grown man mistakes at this point. You cannot mm-hmm. blame T Morant. He clearly John Martin made this point. My partner on our show on uh, on nine two nine. We're gonna double edged sword this. From what we can tell, T Morant gave Ja a great upbringing. You know what right. I'm saying? At, at a a great on. family life. You know what I'm saying? Like as a black father, he did it the right way. And look, look at where it he it helped his son. Mm-hmm. Too. And so now we're going to double edge it and try to say bad father because his yeah. son, you know, is is in a strip club and flash gun. Cannot blame T. Moran is my point. Now yeah. with the Grizzlies and their, you know, that it was one I wanted to get to with you. Their responsibility level in this. Um, you cannot blame that organization. I heard Michael uh, in this sense. I heard Michael Wilbon uh, uh, suggest today on pardon the interruption that the Grizzlies, although he wasn't placing full blame on them, not having anyone 30 or over on the roster can contribute to things like this, not having those old vets in a locker room to help. And again, you know, that's an, that uh, can old vets help young. Yes. We knew Jay Crowder helped John Morant early in his career, you know, that, that first year, um, but that 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 to me oversimplifies things too. He laid it at the feet of the Grizzlies, like who doesn't have a a roster with over thirty year olds on it? Like what are you thinking? Again, I don't think we can simplify it to that point. Now, are there things that the Grizzlies, perhaps you know, having again the franchise's oddly first true real superstar, mm-hmm. may have decided, you know what, we're gonna let it roll. We're gonna let him roll on this one. Or we're going to have his back on this one in an instance right. where maybe they needed to draw some harder lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think possibly, but again, you can't lay anything at the feet of T wholly at the feet of T or the Grizzlies. I do think, um, you know, setting aside the fact that of course you want to, as a small market franchise, hold on, hold on to John Moran as long as you want to, you, you have got to at this point, And, and, and perhaps we heard some of it from Taylor Jenkins, you have got to take a harder line because in, in get if you continue to give him passes on everything, you're mm-hmm. only, you will only you know only uh, serve to enable uh, in some instances or or you know maybe not curb or at least let him know how serious this is. So I do think in terms of an organization, you have to take a harder stance. I don't think that if you that it's a hundred percent saying that you got a thirty one or thirty two year old in that locker room, a Thaddeus Young type. That John Moran is not is 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 one hundred percent not making these kinds of mistakes. So, uh, but I do. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you think in terms of the the Grizzlies' responsibility level and all this. Yeah. Um. As far as T goes, um, I'll just say this. I said this on Twitter. Jeff uh, echoed my tweet today on his show. Um, I'll just kind of go into detail. Uh, I was having a conversation with my brother. My brother is nineteen years older than me. My brother was 19 years old when I was born. My mom had me when she was around 40 years old. And he was like, little bro, man, you don't really understand. Like, the version of dad you see is nothing like the dude that I grew up with. This is my brother telling me this, bro. I said, what you mean? He was like, man, he's just not the same dude. 
<laughs> he, was like, he was like, man, when we dealt with dad back in the day, there were certain things that we said or did them. Like we would immediately duck because we knew dad was swinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he just wasn't the same dude, man. He was like he's super stressed out, like, you know, short tempered, like going off and he just really dealt with us totally different than how he dealt with you. And he said, but I don't look at that as a bad thing because dad matured. He said, the, he said when dad had me, dad was like in his early 20s, you know, trying to figure out life, you know, mm -hmm. trying to get his money together. And by the time you came along, they kind of had things a little bit more figured out financially. You know what I mean? He was, he was wiser. He was five kids into this. You were the fifth one. And my, he said something that really resonated with me. And he said, my dad, he said, me and my dad, me and our dad were becoming men at the same time. He said, when, when I was around nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, figuring out how to, how to become a man, my dad was learning that also on the fly while being a young man in his twenties. And I was like, shit, bro, that's some pretty deep shit. He's like, yeah. Like he said, just, just keep that in mind. And I'm going to apply that to T. Morant. T. Morant had a job when, when he was, if I'm not mistaken, 18 years old. He was a, a, a D1 level basketball player, if I'm not mistaken. He was about to be a D1 level basketball player, if I'm not mistaken. He gave up his dream to play basketball, to do the right thing and raise his child. When in so many cases in our community, we see young men who get teenage girls pregnant and they do not do the best thing. And he didn't just say, okay, I'll be around. I'll come see the baby whatever. He Got with John Morant's mom as a teenager. You know what I mean? He started a career as a barber, I believe. And he stayed at home and raised John Morant his entire life. He didn't have a normal 20s like most young, you know, African-American men do. He didn't have an average 30s like most African-American do, men do. He dedicated his life to John Morant. So I think because of that, two things may have happened. I think that he, um, I think his relationship with his son became more of a, big brother because me and my brother are 19 years apart if we're the same age difference as john and his dad are i could never look at my brother like me and my freaking dad you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but but there are things that he says to me that i'll listen to but i just imagine like dude that's crazy you know what i mean if, that, if that's who your dad was and what i'm trying to say is those those two young men even at this age whatever age t is, i think it's like maybe 40 41 something like that around our age he's there are certain things jason smith that i anthony saying at 43 I'm learning to do as a father. I didn't raise Gabe the same way I raised Sabrina, who's 22. You know what I mean? Like there, there's, there's a, a learning curve in it. And I'm not giving him, I'm not giving excuses, but I am giving grace to T. Morant that his parenting situation may not look like not just every white person's uh, parenting, but every not every black person's parenting is not going to look like his either because it's a very unique parenting situation, man, where he came in as a full-time dad at 18, 19 years old. Like we don't, you don't often see that a lot. So that that may look more like a brother, friend, cousin, uncle type relationship more so than a dad. And T mm -hmm. at forty three is probably still learning how to father his twenty three year old son, who also happens to be one of the richest men in America and most popular people in America, paying his bills. You know what I mean? All these type of things. Shout out to Jalen Rose, some of the points he made. So that's what I'll say as far as that go. That parenting dynamic is strange, man. So you have to kind of bend that a little bit. Um, you know what I mean? So. Um, and also on the Memphis Grizzlies, I will give a little bit more criticism than what you're doing, than what you're giving. I'm not going to say it's particularly because of the roster, because when Jay Crowder was here, John Morant wasn't John Morant. He wasn't this job. He wouldn't, he was John with, you know, just growing a little, little twist in his head. And now John's got a full lion's mane full of dreads with his, you know, I'm trying to say he's, he's, he's a grown ass man in, in the game now. Mm -hmm. uh, and he's a, 
NBA superstar with a shoe coming out and, uh, uh, you know, these type of things, Sony, Marvel Studios, Powerade, he's on his second sports drink deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, he's doing, he's doing this type of stuff. Uh, you know, he's that, he's a whole nother beast now. So I don't, I don't, I don't really, I think at this point, that whole thing is uh, just, is, is, is gone. I think that thing is far gone. Um, but I will say that disciplinary wise, there are certain things that Ja has done, has been doing since he's been here that they haven't dealt with. And now it's, it's created a monster that they may not be able to deal with. And I, I, I like what they're doing now. I like how they're standing beside him and they're making sure he gets the help or time off he needs and not just giving him a pat on the back. They're making him feel this. And I do, I do like that. I do appreciate that. But I do think that there were certain things they probably could have came in uh, earlier to uh, to deal with. But it's, as we wrap up this segment, as we wrap this up, I will say that uh, I think both of us do support Ja. I know both of us support Ja. Cool. I know both of us want to see him uh, do well. Our kids love him to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this city loves him to death. And I know that when he comes back, uh, he'll get everyone in this city's full support. Um, but th the nonsense has to stop. I don't care whether it takes mentoring, therapy, um, discipline, whatever it takes. Uh, an encounter with, with the Lord Jesus Christ or whatever. <laughs> I don't care what you go do, man. Buddha, Muhammad, whatever, whatever it takes, whether it takes spiritual discipline, whatever it takes for Java Rant to be the best version of himself. I think everyone under the sound uh, of this podcast uh, agrees that we want to see that happen.